right, we are back. Let's do a few light items, shall we? And maybe get some science in if we can. I, I did like this one from the Week magazine. Superman is strictly heterosexual. The director of this summer's Superman Returns was forced to announce this week. Director Brian Singer, who's openly gay, denied speculation that the new, prettier incarnation of the superhero, played by Brandon Routh, was created to have homoerotic appeal. He is probably the most heterosexual character in any movie I've ever made, Singer said. As far as we know, though, Jimmy Olsen, gay as a French horn. And we haven't said too much about Angelo Sacopoulos' efforts to buy the governorship of California on this week's show, and we're not going to say too much, except that we're going to go down to Laguna West to check out what Phil Angelides claims is smart growth. Now, I do note that uh, working regularly in Stockton, as, as I do, I often drive past that endless, gigantic stream of cars take coming out of Laguna West and fighting its way upstream to get to downtown Sacramento. It's never struck me as being particularly green. But uh, we're going to go out and do an on-the-scene report, I think, from Laguna West, just to sort of outline what kind of governor we would be getting uh, uh, <laughs> with Phil Angelides. We, uh, we are not overly enthusiastic about Governor Schwarzenegger. I think we've made that clear. But, uh, you know, we said it before... We'll say it again. California needs a governor who's a real estate developer like a daycare center needs a child molester as its CEO. But his supporters have the nerve to claim that he's for smart growth. (laughs) Well, we're going to go out and take a look at Laguna West and tell you a little bit how smart we think that appears to be. And if someone knows something about this, we've heard a rumor that Angelo Sakopoulos has bought gigantic chunks of Yolo County. Now, we know he's bought a lot of land over near the causeway, but I've had an unconfirmed report that he's bought something like 20% of the land in Yolo County. If you know anything about this, please send us a line at info at radioparallax.com. We want to run that one down. We want to give you our take on the Al Gore movie, but uh, haven't seen it yet, so that'll that'll have to keep. We did, however, get a chance to observe the Roving Mars film, which is currently in IMAX uh, theaters uh, near you. Um, It's pretty good. I wish they would have shown more of the images on Mars and recreated some 3D imagery, which which they have the technology to do. But at any rate, pretty good movie. You ought to go check it out. And after you see it, go to our website and pull up our interview we conducted with the Mars Rover Mission's chief investigator, Steve Squires. We think that would enhance your experience. Yesterday, of course, uh, marked the summer solstice, the longest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, according to uh, our check of the Old Farmer's Almanac. You'll be treated to 14 hours and 47 minutes of sunlight uh, on the solstice and for, well, looks like about uh, three or four days on either side of it. And, uh, you know, you'd think that if the longest day of the year is 14 hours and 47 minutes, then the shortest day of the year ought to be 9 hours and 13 minutes. But it isn't. It's 9 hours and 33 minutes. You get about an extra 20 minutes of sunlight, courtesy of the fact that, uh, well, light rays bend. The same reason that that stick appears to be broken when it's sticking in the bottom of a swimming pool, that, uh, that bending of light rays, well, that's why you get a little extra sunlight. And the way this works, for those of you who are interested, is the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, sun, the setting sun, the rising sun, is actually able to, um, 
to appear to be above the horizon, even when it's not. The light rays are sort of bent around the curve of the Earth just a little bit, thanks to the different densities in the atmosphere, so you see it even when it's not there. This reminds me, uh, of course, of the two techniques that Muhammad Ali once said he was introducing to boxing. Back in the 1970s, Ali said he was introducing the more, the better-known rope-a-dope, wherein he would lean against the ropes and let the other man punch himself out. But let us not forget the mirage, wherein he would stand in the middle of the ring and let the other man think he sees something that ain't there. So I guess you should keep in mind when you're seeing that sunset and that sunrise, well, actually, in fact, the sun ain't there. It just looks like it is. And I, and I must confess, I'm not mathematician enough to tell you how many extra minutes of sunlight you get, but I do know that on the equinox, which is most recently on the 21st of March, there actually is a little more sunlight than, uh, than, than 12 hours. But uh, guesstimating from the old Farmer's Almanac, it appears that on the 21st of March, here in the Davis-Sacramento region, uh, you get 12 hours and 11 minutes of sunlight, which pretty well correlates with uh, the winter solstice. It appears you're actually getting about 10 extra minutes. So I think it's pretty safe to say that you get an extra four or five minutes of, of the sun looking like it's there when it's not. And uh, we do encourage you to go out after dark, after sunset, after that sun finally does uh, disappear behind the horizon and take a look at the evening star, which in this case is the planet Jupiter. In its stately brilliance, you can see why Jupiter was thought to be the king of the gods. You, uh, you should check it out. Well, we, we have time for only one final, I guess, science item. And uh, in this, Radio Parallax is going to take an editorial position on uh, the, the thought piece in the current issue of Discover Magazine stating that, uh, you know, we can argue about which is better, Celsius or Fahrenheit, but basically they, they're both insufficient for our needs and we need a new system of measuring temperature. You know, maybe it is a screwball system for uh, Fahrenheit to have arbitrarily, uh, you know, given the freezing point of water to be 32 degrees, but you know, he got it right when it came to setting 100 degrees as about body temperature. Something fundamentally changes when you hit three digits. We are now doing that in the Central Valley and then things have changed. That sense that the 70s are pleasant, uh, 80s and 90s are getting warm and when you hit 100 it's hot, works really well. There's something very unsatisfying about seeing a weather report in a foreign country and they're talking about how it's gonna be 30 degrees tomorrow. The key is body temperatures 98.6. That's pretty close to 100. I think Fahrenheit was on the right had the right idea. And uh, yeah, both systems have their drawbacks. When it comes to watching the weather report though, I'm glad we're sticking with Fahrenheit. All right, our thanks to Brad Friedman. We refer you again to his blog at www.bradblog.com. This program was produced by Edward McMillan, and we're happy to announce on next week's show we have our long-awaited interview with acting legend Eli Wallach. This is the guy that when he played Tuco, the Mexican bandit, it took Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen, James Coburn, Charles Bronson, and three other of the Magnificent Seven to bring him down. Now, if that isn't a tough guy, we don't know the meaning of the word. So we're looking forward to having some fun with that on next week's program. 
I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax, and we'll see you next Thursday at 5 o'clock. Now, stay tuned for Todd.